This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. MMA Takes Podcast. Your host, Brian Petrie. It's a pick podcast, guys. UFC Tampa is this weekend. Fired up for it, boys. I'm fired up. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think there's a lot of really young, up-and-coming talent on this card. There's a lot of interesting fights. Last week or whenever I, I, I tweeted it out, maybe, um, I thought, like, wow, this card's you know great for gambling. I love the board. I think I tricked myself because, or tricked myself and broke my brain because when I was writing down my picks and I'm going to going to the sports book tomorrow, I obviously want to go with best laid plans and and and, and take uh, take the sports book down, bankrupt them. Um, I started getting my way a little bit, right? Because there was a lot of unders I liked, and then I started kind of talking myself out of it. There's a lot of interesting fights on this card, guys. There's a lot of great fucking fights. Um, and I think it's a really sneaky good card. Listen, Florida's a tough market. They UFC has stated numerous times they don't do well in Florida with uh, with gates and stuff. But it's like a hotbed. I mean, some of the best gyms in the world are in Florida. So, uh, not really sure what that the deal is. This is Tampa. I don't know if they've ever been to Tampa. Um, again, you know my thoughts on the state of Florida. Uh, sorry, Devin. Uh, I know you live in and in, 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 you don't live in Florida anymore. I know you're from there. And you're very proud of that. A lot of Florida people on the card. Um, but yeah, let's see what the swamp can offer, right? The main event's in limbo, right? We don't know if Joanna's going to make weight. We don't know if Michelle Waterson's going to take the fight. We'll get to that when we pick the main event. Um, I have a couple fights not written down here. My guy, Brock Weaver, who I was very excited about for this fight, is not fighting Thomas Guilford. Um, they had a little bit of an exchange. Apparently, Guilford, uh, Gifford thought it was a weight issue because Brock Weaver fought at 170 on the contender series and then uh, was cutting to 55. <clears throat> Weaver insisted that it was not a weight issue. He said, uh, it's not a weight issue. I can make 55 tomorrow and I'm not injured. The truth will come out. And they had a little, little back and forth on Twitter. Uh, very curious to see uh, uh, what that was about. Uh, my guy, Devin, who's kicking ass on the uh, run the Instagram. I mean, I, I it's not like I, I'm completely ignoring the Instagram. I have access to it, too. I posted a video today of uh, me picking uh, one of the fights we'll get we'll get to on the card. Um and uh but you know he dm'd brock weaver brock weaver started following us so he's like hey man love for you to come on a podcast and 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 tell us what's going on uh no response yet but we're gonna get him we're gonna get him guys and another thing i would be remiss not to say i've kept quiet about it Uh, you know i was just i'm I'm a a little pent up nervousness for it chris curtis good friend of mine former training partner um he is fighting the russian again uh magomed something 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 um, the PFL welterweight champion. He lost to him in the first round of the tournament style. Lost to him in the first round. And uh, he's fighting him again uh, Friday night, tomorrow night. So that's a big deal. I believe they fight early. And then I think they fight twice a night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I usually send Chris a message of encouragement or what I think or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of laying back. Chris is making a lot of good social media posts. And he's very focused for this fight. Uh, the first fight... I thought um, Chris could have done a lot better. I thought Magomed was beatable. He's very good. He's a good grappler. He's kind of very Khabibi. He takes you down, lays on you, position. Um, he's not going to really submit Chris. He's not going to knock Chris out. Chris has got to be a little more aggressive, I think, um, and just be really careful. He's a really good boxer. He doesn't throw a ton of kicks, so I wouldn't be worried about the takedown off that. I'd be worried about the takedown off the clinch. So hopefully his inside punching is really good. And, uh uh, you know, I haven't I haven't publicized it as much because um, I'm a little nervous for him. I don't want to jinx it. 
almost in a way. But uh, if you have nothing to do tomorrow night, turn on to ESPN2, ESPN+. Plus. It's on one of those things. Um, and watch my guy Chris Curtis fight uh, the Russian a second time. And I believe they fight twice. I'm not exactly sure how PFL format works. But I want to say the if you win, you go on, you fight again. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, look out for that. But we got UFC Tampa, guys. I'm pretty excited for this card, right? Uh, so I printed this off the sheet, wrote the odds down a couple days ago. Now the bout order is going to be weird, right? We don't know what they're going to do with Brock falling off and uh, Mike Davis stepped in, who I like a lot. Um, we're not going to, I don't know what's going to happen with that, right? Tapology has a completely different bout order right now. So, I mean, what are you going to do, right? But we're going to do our best to get it done. So if you're following, you know, if you have a sheet at home, which I doubt, cause I'm hopefully you're not, you know, listening at, if you are sitting at home with a sheet and writing down everything I say, I love you. Thank you. But, uh, that's probably not the case. So you probably don't care about order. I just, you know, it's the little things like that that bother me. Right. Come on guys. You know, it's a little things like that. Uh, right. First fight of the night, Marlon Vera, who's a minus 175 favorite versus Andre. Ooh, who's a plus 145 underdog. Um, very interested in this fight. Um, Marlon Vera is a guy who, again, I've kind of criminally underrated. I, I do that with a lot of fighters. Um, he gets a lot of hype and, you know, he has some good wins. Like he, he is a good fighter. I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, what is this? All right. I don't know what that is. Sorry. My computer's been acting up today, boys like crazy um it took me forever i made that video today edited it and I'm, I'm getting really better at editing like quickly i wanted to get it up and i tried to send it to myself like airdrop or whatever didn't work uh back anyway my my computer concerns are none of your business anyway back to marlon bear andre marlon bear a guy criminally underrated he has some good wins on his record um you know he's the favorite in this fight for a reason um i can understand it i just for some reason i don't love his his game right he fought nolan hernandez his last time out was in a little bit of trouble. Now he took that fight on short notice, and, um, and, and you know, and he won by finish. So I mean, the guy is really good on the ground. He does have good submissions. He's he is tough. He comes from a good camp. He's getting better. Um, but when he was originally supposed to fight Sean O'Malley, I thought Sean O'Malley was going to run through him. Andre Ull kind of fights. I wouldn't say similar to Sean O'Malley, but he's long and he's lanky. He's got good striking. He's got good footwork. Um, Andre's biggest problem is when the fight gets to the ground, he has been submitted quite a bit by rear naked choke and other submissions. Marlon Vera has a good rear naked choke. Um, I can understand why Vera is a favorite. Um, I'm looking at odd charts right now. He's about a 160. I had him at 175. Uh, so he's moving a little bit, uh, which is good. Um, but, you know, this fight's going to be interesting because, you know, I think Marlon can get in trouble in the stand-up. I think sometimes he gets a little tired. He looked a little tired in the, uh, in the, in the uh, Nolan Hernandez fight. Um, I don't think 135 is that big of a wake-up for him. Uh, Andre Ull's a guy kind of on the up-and-up, right? His only loss in the UFC is in Nathaniel Wood by rear naked choke, but it was a war before that. They were slugging it out. Really bad performance, in my opinion, by Andre Ull because he fought. He didn't fight smart, right? He went out there and banged with Nathaniel Wood, who's a really good striker. Um, God, this fight's got me in a pretzel. I tell you what, I'm going to go with the under. I like Andre. Ooh, I like the price next to his name. I think he's long, lanky. I think he can give Marlon problems on the feet. I'm a little worried about when it hits the ground because I do think Marlon is heavy on top and, and really can work to get to your back. And Andre, when he hits to the ground, he he just wants to get up, right? And uh, I like that strategy, but he does leave himself open to, to get his back taken and get his neck choked, um, things like that. So, 
if Andre can keep this fight to the ground, I really like, or excuse me, keeps the fight on the feet, stay on the outside, pick him apart, kind of like what he did Hennon Barrow. I think Andre is a little underrated. I think he does. I think he has tremendous upside. I think he has potential. Um, he's fought some really tough guys already in the UFC. I mean, Hennon Barrow, um, uh, Nathaniel Wood, who's a nice up and comer. Now he's got Marlon Vera. His last time out, I believe he had a nice knockout win over, or excuse me, Anderson Dos Santos. He won a decision over, who's who's a killer on his feet. And uh, he dropped Anderson Dos Santos like a handful of times. So uh, Andre Rule does not have an easy uh, time right now in the UFC. He's fought some of the who's who since he's been signed. But I like him against uh, Marlon Vera here. I like the under here, boys. Mark it down the books. Got a got an underdog right there for it. Do you guys miss the underdog sound? Underdog. Do you like I, you know I played the I play the cash uh, the cash one because you know we're trying to make money, but. You know, I'm open for suggestions. I could, you know, I can mix it up. I got, you know, I got the sounds, guys. All right, next up, we have J.J. Aldrich, who was 7-3. and three. She's a minus 175 favorite. She's fighting Lauren Mueller, who is 5-2. and two, is a plus 145 underdog. Let me just make sure those lines have stayed. Yep, they're exactly the same. I mean, you can get Aldrich as high as 180. Um, this fight, you know, again, it's a women's fight. But, I, you know, I like J.J. Aldrich. I think she is talented. I think she trains with, you know, uh, Rosenam and Eunice. She had a really good fight against Macy Barber in the first round. She kind of lost it in the second round. Got TKO'd. Macy Barber is, is as tough as they come. Um, she has a good win over Paul, uh, Paul, Pollyanna Viana, Daniel uh, Daniel Taylor, uh, Chen Moon Jun, and uh, she lost to Julia Lima uh, in her UFC debut. Um, again, training with Rose, you're going to get better. You're going to be a beast. You know, she's very unassuming. She's, she looks very quiet. I don't know if I've ever seen her talk or not. Um, she might not be any of those things. This is what I'm just, you know, observing when she fights in the octagon. She looks, seems very, um, you know, kind of laid back and chill. And she's like Lauren Mueller, who is a beast. She's in shape. She's out of, uh, I believe she's out of Alliance. Uh, you know, she's got coming off two losses. Um, you know, Lauren can win a lot of fights that she loses. She's very scrappy. She got armed by by Yan Wu and then a decision loss to Pauline Botella. Um, but, you know, she's got some decent wins. I mean, Shannon Dobson, who, you know, is probably her signature win at this point, her only win in the UFC. Um, she came from the Contender Series and uh, a, a decision win. They need people in this division. So, you know, you know, the, the, they're signing anybody. Um, on paper, JJ Aldridge, I think is, is the, the winner here. I'm picking JJ Aldridge. I'm not going to bet this fight again. I try to stay away from women's, women's fight right now. I'm not seeing the board clearly guys when it comes to women. I know we have a women's main event. I'll give my thoughts on that, uh, at the end, but I, I just don't see it clearly when it, when it comes to the females. Again, I, I call a lot of these fights, bold spaghetti. I don't know if this is a bold spaghetti fight. I really, truly believe this is JJ being more superior than Lauren. Lauren is a grinder grappler. She can't take this fight to the ground. Um, which I think she will try to do, but I think JJ has better striking, better timing, uh, better game. So I'm going to go with JJ in this fight uh, as the favorite. All right, next up, you got Marvin Vittori, who is 13 and three and one. He is a minus 290 favorite. He is fighting Andrew Sanchez, who's 11 and four, is a plus 245 underdog. Um, I've already broken this fight down. This was supposed to happen in Denmark, maybe uh, a month ago. Something happened with Sanchez where he either got hurt. Uh, obviously it wasn't that serious. Could have been a weight issue. I'm not really sure why they pulled this fight, but they put it on this card. And uh, I was all over Sanchez as a dog. I'm still over Sanchez as a dog. Um, I'm going to pick Sanchez. Cash him plus 245 underdog. Um, real quick, because I don't want to keep talking about this fight because I've already broken down before. Marvin Vittori is a guy that they're kind of crowning as like a, a guy to really look out for in the middleweight division because he went to a split decision with um, with Adesanya, and he's had some really good wins, right? 
Uh, he's very good. He's very tough. He doesn't get hurt. Um, I've never seen him really get pressed against the caves like Andrew Sanchez is going to do. Sanchez has really turned a corner in his training with training with you know Team TriStar. He's a tough out for anybody. He's going to pressure you against the fence. His striking's decent enough to get you off your game so he can shoot on your legs. Make no means about it. He's 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 shooting every chance he gets. Um, I think he can. I don't think Vittori is that big of a knockout artist where. Um, he's going to catch Sanchez at any time. I think it's going to be an ugly fight. It's going to be a decision fight. It's going to be a close fight. I see split decision unless, unless, you know, Marvin Torrey just can't handle the pressure, but Andrew Sanchez in his face, wrestling, chain wrestling, punching, hitting, whatever. Um, that's the key to this fight. So I like Andrew Sanchez as a big underdog here. <coughs> I swallowed a lung dart. <coughs> Excuse me, boys. Excuse me. Um, I get excited. I get excited. I need to, I need to take a drink here. There it is. Um, I sound like I just took a shot of whiskey. <laughs> that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, so Andrew Sanchez is going to win this fight. Okay? Mark it. I like to see someone pick Andrew Sanchez because I just did. Next up, you got Hector Aldana, who's a plus 160. He's 4-2 versus Miguel Baez, who's 7-0. and is a minus 200 favorite. Baez coming off the contender series, looking okay in that fight. Um, didn't love him. He had a lot of hype coming in. A lot of people liked him. Aldana's coming off three straight losses, two by finish over medium competition, I would say. I mean, guys who weren't, you know, really burning up in the UFC, Baez 7 and 0. I, I would expect him to be a little bit bigger of an under or bigger of a favorite here because he does have, you know, he's fighting out of Florida. He does have some hype to him. Decent KOs, decent wins everywhere. Um, yeah, this isn't one's easy. My, Miguel Baez is gonna win this fight. Uh Aldana uh is a guy that, you know, they're trying to build up Baez here. Um could be Baez, but I think it's Baez, right? I've seen baseball. There's some guys like that. Um, yeah, so Hector Aldana, I think, is uh, a little outmatched in this fight. I think Hector Baez or Miguel Baez, geez. Miguel Baez is gonna is gonna take this fight here, boy. So mark that in your books. And minus two hundred. I know it seems a little high, but it you know it's not that high. All right. Next up, we have who do we have? Ooh, <laughs> boys. One of the fights I'm looking forward to the most <clears throat> on the entire card. You have Devison Figueiredo, who's a minus two hundred favorite. He is a uh, what is he nineteen and one, eighteen and one. He's fighting Tim Elliott. Who is 15 and 8, 15 and 6. I can't read. It's dark in my it's dark in my office. Uh poor lighting. And he's a plus 160 underdog. Whew, this fight's tough because I've been all over Tim Elliott all week, right? I've picked against Devison Figueroa in his like last two fights, right? I, I have picked against him. I thought he was gonna lose. Um, I don't know how good I, I think he is, right? He lost to GCA Formiga by decision. That's his only loss. I picked John Moraga to beat him. He knocked him out. I picked um, Jarrett Brooks to beat him. He lost by a split decision. Allison Pantoja, last time he was out, he hurt Pantoja with like everything he had, right? Tim Elliott hasn't fought in a while. When was the last time Tim Elliott, Tim Elliott fought? 2017, he fought Mark De La Rosa, won by Anaconda Choke in the second round. 2017, he fought three times. He went 2-1. He lost to Ben Wynn by Rear Naked Choke, or yeah, Rear Naked Choke in round, round one. Got caught really quick. Tim Elliott's a really tough fight for a lot of people, right? Tim Elliott is, is incredibly tough. He's awkward. He's a good wrestler. Everything I think Devison is uh, good at, I think Tim Elliott is equally as good as besides stand-up. Tim Elliott's got some wild stand-up. It's very awkward. He doesn't slow down. I mean, he gave Demetrius Johnson a war when they fought uh, years ago. He won the Ultimate Fighter, the comeback season or whatever it was. Or no, he won the flyweight, uh, the flyweight one where he got the title shot. Uh, kind of a comeback for him because he had fought in the UFC prior to that. 
But he's got some losses, right? Uh, you know, Joe B got him tapping, and, he, and he's had some ugly losses early in his career. I don't know if I love the inactivity or if I like it. It's been a really tough fight. One of the toughest fights to pick for me. But I, I've literally gone broke betting against Devinson Figueroa. I've gone broke, not figuratively, but I've lost a lot of bets betting against him because I've always liked the under. I feel like they're trapping me to like this underdog here. Now, Tim Elliott could come out and win this fight 100%. I'm telling you right now that Tim Elliott would not be a dumb bet. Like if you came up to me and go, Brian, hey, nice to meet you, man. You're uh, really good looking in person. Look at my bet I just made. And you put a couple units, couple hundo, whatever on Tim Elliott. I would be like, that's that's okay bet. I don't mind that bet, boys. But for official picking and maybe even betting wise, I'm going to bet Devison Figueroa. I just, I can't keep going against the guy. I just can't. I feel, I feel guilty about it. It makes me sick to my stomach. I keep going against him. I'm not going to do it. I'm betting Devison. Let's move on. Next fight. Fight I did a video for. If you have not seen the video, go to MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram. MMA Takes on Twitter. Uh, I've been doing like little weekly videos of just one pick of the upcoming fight card. I'm, I enjoy doing it. I have a, I have a good time doing it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a new way to get my face out there. I don't love being on camera. I love talking. I'm a talker, believe it or not, but uh, I don't love myself on camera. However, um, yeah, check those out. So uh, the video fight, actually, real quick, I bought a camera um, for like 200 bucks, right? It said it was 4K, all this shit. I bought it. Really kind of clunky to work. I, I did a couple videos. The earlier videos I did, I've, you know, I put out like three or four videos of, of my picks. Um, kind of clunky, right? 200 bucks. Took it to Disney World with me. Hated it, right? Got the new iPhone, the iPhone 8, uh, 11 Pro. Did a video with that, right? kidding me <laughs> you kidding me is what i gotta say you kidding me selling the camera anyway uh max griffin who is 15 and 6 he's a minus 155 favorite he is fighting alex moreno who's a plus 125 underdog alex moreno is 16 and 5 um obviously if you've seen the video which if you're listening to this podcast i'm assuming you follow me and you have seen the video if you haven't follow me in the the places i previously mentioned i like max griffin this fight listen max griffin's a guy again i kind of went against sometimes um, I, you know, I thought he beat Tiago Alves when, when he lost, when he won, uh, lost that fight by split decision. I thought he won that fight. Clearly he's fought to who's who he's fought some really tough guys in division might not have all the wins against those guys, but the competition is a lot better. Alex Moreno has been around for a while. Decent striker, good body puncher. Um, Max Griffin looks shredded though. He looks shredded. I'm not going to give you a full breakdown. Cause I kind of did that in the, in the, in the, the video. I love Max Griffin at one at one fifty five. I love him at that at that uh, at that price. I think that's a reasonably priced. What is he now? Let me look up what he is now because I did that video today. So he's at minus one fifty. Some places have a minus one forty. See, I love that. I love the number next to his name. He's a grinder, man. He's big. He's tough. He's strong. He took shots from fucking Mike Perry. He took shots from Alexis Dos Santos. He is a grinder. He's he's a tough dude. He looks to be in incredible shape. He's going to get this fight wherever he wants it. He's big. He's strong. Moreno's a little loose for 170, in my opinion. I think Max Griffin takes his fight anywhere, right? Um, Surprise, he's as low as he is, if I'm being quite honest with you. I think that's a really safe bet. Probably my lock of the night. We'll go over that at the end. But yeah, I love Max Griffin uh, in this fight. Next up, we got an, another impossible fight to pick. We got Devin Clark, who is 10-3. He's a plus-120 underdog. He's fighting Ryan Spann, who is... 16 and 5. He's a minus 150 favorite. Is that true? Is, is Span the favorite or is, is Clark the favorite? Clark's the underdog here. Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes it simple. I'm taking the underdog here. I've been burned on Devin Clark. I had nothing written down. This was a fight that I wanted to kind of work out with you guys. 
Never really paid attention to the line when I wrote it down. I just kind of wrote it down and breezed past it because it was a fight that was kind of breaking my vein. Ryan Spam, a guy who came from the Contender Series. I don't love his game all that much. I think he's a very good striker. But he got knocked out by Carl Robinson in the Contender Series. Went on a nice run here, right? So he's got a rear naked choke over LaMarcus Tucker in LFA. He's got a TKO uh, win in three uh, LFA fights. Then he fought again uh, in the Contender Series. Won by a uh, uh, guillotine choke right off the bat. Uh, beat Luisa Henrique and then let, and knocked out Antonio Rodrigo Noguero. Not the stiffest of competitions, right? Devin Clark's a really awkward guy to fight. He had a good uh, fight last time out. He beat Darko Sozak pretty nice decision. Before that, he got knocked out by Alexander Rekic, and he's been uh, rear naked choked by Jan Blachowicz. But he's fighting top guys. I think Alexander Rekic is going to probably be fighting for the title by the end of 2020. So that's not a huge loss there, in my opinion. Listen, plus 120, you you, you got to find dogs where you can find them, right? You got to find them. You got to, you know, it, it, everyone can bet chalk. Everyone can bet the favorites and win a card, right? It's the little underdogs that you got to pick out, right? And I think him at plus 120, I think that's a good buy. I don't love Devin Clark's game, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think he's a little one-dimensional. I think he can be caught. How good is Ryan Spann? This is what this, this, is what this fight's going to answer. How good is Ryan Spann? He looked great against uh, Little Nog. He looked pretty good in his contender series fight with the guillotine choke. But what, um, but what, uh, my daughter's outside, sorry. But how good is he going to be, right? Devin Clark's got some tough guys, had some ugly losses, had some wins, has a draw. He wins ugly. He's not the most impressive guy out there, right? He's going to grind you. He's going to take you down. He's going to be in your face. He slows down a little bit. Can Ryan Span keep up with the pace of Devin Clark? That's the question. If you, I'm a gambling man, boys. Believe it or not, this is a gambling podcast. If you have a gun in my head, I'm going to take Devin Clark because of the number, right? You bet the number, not the fighter. I love this number here. I'm going to lay that 120 all the time. Plus 120, take it. This is a this is an interesting bet. This is why this works for me because now I'm going to take all this information. I'm going to go to the sports book tomorrow. I'm going with guys from work. I've talked them into it. They're all psyched up. One guy's, you know, he's going to bet football. You're like, we're going to grab some lunch. It's going to be a good time. But I got to get prepared. I got to go. I, when I go down there, they have sheets. I'm going to go over the sheets. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to absorb all the information. Devin Clark's an interesting play at one plus, plus 120. I like the under on that. I like the under. Me. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, boys. Hear that? Sound of cash. All right, next up, we got James Vick, who's a plus 115 underdog. He is 13 and 4. He's fighting Nico Price, who is 13 and 3. He's a minus 145 favorite. Uh, James Vick's going up to 170, his first fight at 170 in the UFC. I don't know if ever, probably ever. <sighs> Listen, ah, uh, man, Nico Price is a wild man. This guy's crazy. He just doesn't give a fuck about anything. He'll get knocked out. He'll get submitted. He'll fight next fucking week. He's a kind of a bigger guy as well. James Vick is, good. I think, going to be big, the bigger guy, believe it or not. I think Nico Price is pretty leaned out for 170. I think he he doesn't have a like a horrible weight cut. I think James Vick, if you put on muscle right, and he's coming up a weight class. He's tall. He's like 6'3". He's going to be, he's going to look good. My problem is, right, is, is weight cutting can really fuck with your chin. It really can. We, we've seen it all the time. But the, can James Vick take a shot like, like a Nico Price can give? James Vick got knocked out plenty of times at 155. I think his chin might be better at 170, but Nico Price cracks, right? Nico Price hits hard. He's not the cleanest striker in the world. He's not... Um, you know, he, he's, he's a wild man, right? That's, all, that's the only way to do it. I'm not overly impressed with Nico Price. I, 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 I don't know what it is. I think I've even said I haven't liked him on this show, which I think is a little rude. He, he's, he's, he's crazy, right? He'll go out there and he'll fucking he'll throw down. 
This fight's kind of got my brain in a pretzel because I don't love James James Vick. He's coming off three straight losses. I think his confidence is shot. I think this is kind of a desperate move to go up to 170. I generally don't like the guy's first fight at a new weight. It typically takes him a fight or two to kind of get used to the new weight, new strength, new how your body feels. Um, I'm going to take Nico Price as the favorite here. I'm not confident in this pick. I wouldn't hate a James Vick underdog play here, but uh, I'm going to take Nico Price. I think he's just going to be a little too much. Nick will be too strong. I think he's a little bit better on the ground. People give him credit for it, and I think his power is really going to separate him from James Vick. I think James Vick has good boxing at times. I think he can stay long and has really good kicks, and I think he has good chokes as well. But uh, the power is going to be the big deciding factor. I think Nico, if he catches Vick, it's going to be a little bit different at this weight than uh, Vick realizes. So I'm going to go Nico Price. All right, next up, you got Eric, your boy, Anders. Who, or Anders? Yeah, Eric Anders. Anders? Yeah, I just like saying your boy, Eric Anders, who is my, uh, minus 160 favorite. He's 12 and 4. He's fighting Gerald Mishkart, who's a 30 and 11, big old time veteran, plus 130 underdog. Um, you know, this is a weird fight for me because Jared Moskart is coming off a, is he coming off a, I think he's coming off a win or is he coming off a release? You know, he's coming off a, a win over Trevin Giles and then a controversial decision over Kevin Holland back in March. So he stayed pretty active this year, right? He's had, he had, uh, two fights in 18, two fights in 19. This will be his third fight. Trevin Giles, the guy who's been a major disappointment to me, submitted Trevin Giles. This guy, listen, he... He's good on the ground. That's where he's got to get this fight. I haven't seen anybody really take Eric Anders down and, and be able to hold him down. I like Eric Anders at 185 again. Uh, he was fighting at light heavyweight for a while. He got pieced up by uh, Khalil Roundtree, and then he won. I believe he knocked, who did he, he knocked out somebody last time devastatingly. Who did he knock out? He knocked out uh, Vincent Moreira. Oh, yeah, in round one. but destroyed him. Um, hmm. Yeah, I like Eric Anders in this fight. I, I've never been blown away by Mirskart. He's like the team leader of Rufus. A lot of people love him. A lot of people rally around him. Good submissions. Don't love his wrestling. I think he's a little sloppy on the ground. He looked a little sloppy against Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles has fucking a cement block for a brain um, to let that fight go to the ground like he did. So I'm going to go with Anders. Anders, your boy. Even though I don't love his skill set, um, and I think he's priced right, around, right, you know, minus one sixty, I think he should be the favorite. I get that. Um, I don't love the under here. I don't love the underplay on Mirskart. I think he's a little too squeaky, um, and I think he only has one way to win. And I'm, I'm not going to put my eggs in the basket of a guy who's got one way to win. You know, what I mean, I think Anders can knock him out. I think uh, we're going to be hearing your boy uh, at the end of this. I think, I think I might bet the prop that it won't go to a decision. All right, next up, you got Lewis Pena, who's minus 170. He's 7-1. He's fighting Matt Favola, who's 7-1-1. He's a plus 145. This was Yanni the Greek special. You know, Yanni the Greek, Dana White tweets out, uh, retweets him or sends a tweet out of Yanni's picks. Um, not a bad pick. I think it's a tough fight to pick. I think is better than what people think. He beat Jalen Turner in Atlanta. I saw firsthand. His ground game's really good. He trains... Out of Longo, but he comes from Tampa. It's kind of a weird thing. I thought he was a Long Island guy. Apparently, he just goes up to train, but he's from Tampa or from Florida or something like that. So Longo's been busy with going to Australia for Al. So I don't know how much training he's got with those guys. I think that's going to pay dividends. I don't know if he's been in the room with, you know, Al's, Al had wrist surgery. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Al Joe had wrist surgery. Al was training for a fight. So maybe he got some good rounds in with Al, but Al didn't look that great. Um, I think this fight's pretty even, right? I think this is, is but I think Luis Pena is going to be the play here. I think I'm going to agree with Yanni the Greek. Luis Pena, I think he has more ways to win. I think he's bigger, longer, better striker. 
takedown offense is he's he's working on it right i don't think it's great for vola could come out and take this fight to the ground he does have good wrestling good grappling i think Payne will be able to work his way to the feet i think he'll be able to outwork Frivola later in the fight with his striking with his volume um and Payne is strong on the bottom he's strong he can get up uh he's strong on top as well i think he's you know kind of long and skinny for this division i hated him at 145 but at 155 i think is a good weight class for him i think he needs to Instead of going to 45 again or trying to cut that weight, maybe add a little bit more size to him because he's long and lanky for this division. And you have that leverage, and, and it makes you a really strong guy. And, uh, and again, he's training AKA, uh, you know, world-class training. So I like Payne in this fight. Um, I don't know if I'd take it because I do think it's uh, an even fight. I can see Vervola winning. Um, I just, I, I like Pena. But, yeah, I don't know if I'd bet that. I don't know if I'd lay that 170. All right, next up, we got... Mackenzie Dern, who is a minus 145 favorite. She is 7-0 versus Amanda Rebus, who's 7-1, who's a plus 115 underdog. Let me tell you something, guys. Mackenzie Dern does it for me, right? I'm a, I'm a hot, red-blooded American man, and Mackenzie Dern does it for me. Okay. Um, actually, I got to look up that fight. So this fight, you know, Mackenzie Dern, 7-0, hot prospect, Believe it or not, she's born in Arizona, California, and you know, and doesn't and speaks broken English. Um, you know, she is Brazilian, but married a Brazilian guy. Um, and I think uh, you know, I don't, you know, her English was good and now it's broken. There's some really funny memes online about that. I don't love that, but I I, I but I can get past it. Apparently she's on weight already. Um, yeah, but she is very talented on the ground. Her stand-up is very raw and very non-existent a little bit you know i saw her hitting mitts i saw her hitting pads at the open workout and it's not great right it's not great but her ground game is bar none great she did not look good her last time out right she's missed weight like almost every fight uh don't know if she's made weight yet obviously but amanda cooper she won by renee choking ashley yoder was the split decision that was a hard fight for her amanda rebos getting a lot of hype she comes out of american top team a lot of people like this girl a lot of people like the under here Reboss has a win over Emily Whitmire by rear naked choke, which complete domination. And then she has a TKO over uh, that. Well, that was her only UFC fight. She has a loss by Pollyanna Vienna by TKO in round one. That's not a good look for her. Um, I can see why McKenzie's a favorite. I, I think this, these lines will probably draw a little closer because I do think money's coming on, Re, uh, on Rebus a little bit. Um, I like Dern. I'm going to pick McKenzie Dern. I'm not going to go crazy and go underdog pick here. Uh, the price isn't right for me. I think McKenzie, if she gets to the ground, she can win. She's been showing a lot of stand up, right? On her Instagram, on her Instagram stories, at, at the workout, a lot of stand up. I think she's doing that because she's working a lot of it. Hopefully, it's not like a Josh Koshek situation where you just stop wrestling for years because you know how to do it just to work on stand up. Her bread and butter is the grappling, her bread and butter is jujitsu. Hopefully, she gets to the, she can take this fight to the ground, win by submission. Um, I think she's a budgeting star. I think uh, it's going to be confusing to people, realize that she's American-born with that weird accent. Um, I think people can get past it because she's, wow, we, we, she looks pretty good. Um, I, I like the pick. I don't love it. Not going to bet it because I swore off betting women's MMA, but uh, I, you know, I like to pick. I don't love it. All right. Next up, you got Thomas Gifford, who is 17 and 8. He is not, I don't know what his number is. He is fighting Mike Davis now, who is, where are you at, Mike Davis? There he is. Mike Davis is 7 and 2. Mike Davis fought on the Contender Series. He fought Sadiq Yusuf, and, uh, uh, you know, he lost a, a decision. I thought he should have got signed. He went out, won some fights outside the UFC. Came back at his debut at 155 
against Gamba Burns, who's on a tear. Lost. Uh, he got finished, I believe. Had a pretty good showing in the first round, but was just a little too small. Burns is a big dude. <clears throat> Fighting Guilford, who I, I don't love. Let me see. Uh, let me see what the what the odds are here. Okay, so Mike Davis is a minus two sixty favorite, and Gifford is a plus two twenty underdog. I think that's crazy. I like Mike Davis, right? I think he's I think he's a talented guy. That's insane. That's insane that that's the number. That was the opening line. They haven't had they haven't updated it yet since. So we're gonna have to kind of just go with the the updated line. I can tell you right now, I'm not betting this fight. However, I'm picking Mike Davis to win, right? I'm going to pick Mike Davis to win. I believe in Mike Davis. I like Mike Davis. He has really good boxing. His takedown's pretty good. If you watch the uh, Making a Muay Thai team or something, Tiger Muay Thai, he's on that on the YouTube channel. I don't know if he made the team or not. I haven't watched it in a little bit, but his skills are really good. Um, he took the fight on short notice for some days. He was supposed to fight in Denmark, Danny Henry. That fight got fell through. He's on this one. I'm on Mike Davis. But if that's the line, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Don't bet this fight if that's the line. But if you are a huge Mike Davis fan, then go ahead and go ahead and pick it. But I don't think Gifford's all that good. I think he's scrappy. I think he's tough. But uh, I think Mike Davis can get this job done. Even though he took it on short notice and he kind of gassed in Burn, the Burns fight, kind of gassed in the uh, Sadiq fight, um, I'm hoping he's not going to gas in this fight because I do think he has tremendous talent. And uh, maybe some of these short notice fights that he's picking up might, might be hurting his career if he's not in the cardio shift that he needs to be in. Okay, next up, co-main event here. You got Cub Swanson. He's 25 and 11. He's a plus 140 underdog. He's fighting Crone Gracie, who's 6 and 0, 5 and 0, 5 and 0. He is a minus 170 favorite. Um, really excited for this fight. So this fight might be the main event because the main event is, is in limbo here. Um, this is a fight that I was going to bet heavy, right? Um, I was flip-flopping all week. Who am I going to take? Am I going to take Crone? Am I going to take Cub? Typically, I don't like guys that are one-dimensional. Crone Gracie's a little bit one-dimensional. He looked okay against Alex Caceres. I think some of those kicks and some of the angles Alex took in the very first minute kind of shocked him a little bit. Crone had a decent jab. When he got to the fight, fight to the ground was over. Cub Swanson gets submitted all the time, right? Cub Swanson isn't a killer on the ground, right? Um, especially on bottom. On top, he, he has some good ground and pound, but if this fight hits the ground, I think it's Crone all day, right? I think I, I'm not making a bold statement by saying that. It, if it hits the ground, Crone Gracie's going to dominate. Cub Swanson's probably working his ass off. He's got four losses in a row. He's got like three kids now. He's working his dick off to fucking make this fight not hit the ground. How good is Crone Gracie getting a takedown and, and landing it, right? Is he going to pull guard? Is he going to pull guide team? Um... This is tough because I like Cub. I've picked Cub as an underdog before and I've been burned. Um, so I don't want to go down that road, but I just have a feeling that Cub could catch Crone. There's always this like right around 5-0, and 6-0, oh, all the way up to 10-0. and oh, There's always these rising stars that have a little bit of a setback, right? Is Crone a Khabib? Is he never going to have a setback, you know? Is this his setback? Um, Cub's back's against the wall and he needs it. He's a veteran. He's got big power. I don't hate a cup play here. I don't hate it. However, I'm going to take Crone. I'm going to take the square pick. I'm going to be a loser and take Crone Gracie. I just feel like Cubs going to slip once. He's going to come out. He's going to he's going to be a little tight, right? His boxing, um, he's got, you know, he'll keep his hands down. He's not going to worry about anything. He's going to be throwing everything at Crone. I just think he's going to slip once give up something it hits the ground i think crone's that good he can take a neck arm whatever he wants 
So I'm going to go with Crone Gracie. I'm going to go with the square pick. Okay, main event time. Joanna Jonjocek, who is 15 and 3. She's a minus 380 favorite versus Michelle Waterson, who is 17 and 6. She's a plus 290 underdog. Let me double check those odds. Yeah, the, the odds are kind of, they've held true. Joanna went down to a minus 335, and uh, Michelle's a plus 265 now. So, full disclosure, this fight might not go on. Joanna uh, alerted the UFC weeks ago that she was going to be overweight, and they tried to contact Waterson for a catch weight. Waterson said no. So apparently George Lockhart fucked up her weight cut. So the UFC PI flew, the, the nutritionist is there, flew out to Florida to help Yoana cut the weight. Um, she did a video yesterday, Wednesday, and said like, I thought I was weighing in on Friday, guys. Why, why is everyone worried? Um, apparently she had two good workouts and the weight's coming off a little bit better than expected. She's going to try to make 116. Um, question is, if she weighs in and doesn't make weight, is Michelle Watterson going to take the fight with the fine? She gets a 30% of her purse, and uh, and then, you know, obviously, you know, the the fight's still on. Michelle Watterson has no obligation to take that fight, right? Um, her management, her team might be like, if she misses weight, don't fucking take it. Here's my thing. Michelle Watterson wants to be a mom champ, right? That's all she's talking about. She wants to be champ. She wants to be this. She wants to be that. If you don't take this fight in a main event spot, right, where they're hyping you up, the winner gets the champion. If you don't take this fight because she weighs 117, then you're probably never going to fight for the championship. Is it right? Absolutely not, right? Michelle Watterson comes in, makes weight, does what her job, her job is. Joanna can't make weight, doesn't do her job. Michelle Watterson shouldn't be punished. But I'm telling you, she will be. Because the UFC wants people that are going to take those fights. They want people, because if they go and have this fight in China with the Chinese champion, um, and the, the champion misses weight, is Michelle going to pull out again? You know, there's a lot of things to be that be analyzed here with this. I think Michelle Watterson's best interest if Joanna attempts to make weight, she comes in at like 117, 118, can't make weight. You got you take the 30% fine, take the fight, right? Joanna's probably killing herself to make this weight. It's a big weight cut for her now. Um, if I was Michelle Watterson, I'd take this fight. That's my advice. Okay, that's my two cents. However, when it comes to the fight, uh Joanna's obviously the play here. Um, she's a little high. I don't love Michelle Watterson's skill set. She's becoming more of a grappler now as opposed to a striker. I think that's not going to work against Yuana. Yuana has a great has great cardio, has good takedown defense. I don't think Michelle Waterson is going to be able to take this fight to the ground. I, I don't think her stand up is going to. She's not a warrior like Yuana, right? She doesn't like mix it up. She doesn't get hit a lot. Um, she moves really well, has decent kicks, but it's nothing that Yuana uh, hasn't seen. Now Yuana could get caught because uh, she's cutting that deep weight again, and and that's what uh, Rose did. Rose caught her with some good punches. When, when it was a bad weight cut for Joanna. So that could definitely happen. I think an interesting, um, if you put a couple bucks on Michelle, since she's such a high underdog, I wouldn't mind that. However, I do think Joanna is just head and shoulders better. If she comes on weight and prepared, I think her striking is going gonna, is gonna to be the difference here. I think her pressure, her striking, cardio, and the fact that Michelle's wanting to take to the fight to the ground now, and that's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm going with Joanna. That's my official pick. Hopefully the fight happens. I think it's a really interesting fight, really interesting cards. All right, so we'll go over my locks in the night here. It's late, boys. I'm running late today. Uh, lock in the night. I'm going to go with Max Griffin, right? Um, I did a video of it. I, I've talked myself into it. Shout out Max Griffin, though. He actually commented and liked the video on Instagram. So shout out to Max Griffin. I, uh, you know, I got that across his eyes. Good luck this weekend, bro. And then my underdog lock, the underdog that I absolutely love, Andrew Sanchez is popping out at me and Devin Clark's popping out at me. Um, I'm going to go Devin Clark underdog lock because I don't think Ryan Spain 
uh, has enough to really prevent what Devin Clark's about to do, even though I don't love Devin Clark's skill set. So that's the show. I'll be back next week. We got a Friday card next week. UFC Boston's next week. So I'll have a podcast out probably Monday or Tuesday. I'll have to pick them out on Thursday. Uh, I'll release a video pick of the fight that I love the most. You know where to find me, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. Or excuse me, MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram, MMA Takes on Twitter. Uh, let's get those follower numbers up. Let's get the listening numbers up. Let's keep just let's just keep going. You guys want to listen to me. You don't want to listen to that dork Ariel. You don't want to listen to Josh Gross. Come on, guys. Let's get the numbers up, huh? Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you guys next week. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He will roll you. Baby, don't you know? My heat will move your soul. Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?